Welcome back to The Luxury Code. I'm Tom Ferry, and we want to unpack, get into the minds and unpack what's working, what's not working with luxury agents around the world to help us today from Corcoran Real Estate, New York City, Randy Baru in the house. Randy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing terrific. Thank you so much for asking. You know, Randy, the people that, the individual right now that's listening to this show, they want to know... How do I do more business? How do I get into the business? What are some of the tips? What are some of the tricks to give people some context before we get into all that stuff? Randy's at 27 transactions closed um, pending year to date, about $40 million in volume. So some would, some would argue, right? You've just got a great business in New York City. But the first question everybody wants to know right now is how's the market? Like what's going on in the high end of New York City these days? Well, I'm seeing a, a little bit of a, uh, plateauing. Um, it's the, the it's it slowed down a little bit, I think, because of the rising interest rates and so much uncertainty, people are, they're not as well as a bit of buyer fatigue from the crazy multiple offers. Sure. So yeah, so if you're talking the over 10 million, because that's what we look at is like the really high end market here, it's, it's slowed down a little bit. That said, there's still such limited inventory and there are still so many more buyers than available properties. Right. People want to jump and, and lock in this, their interest rates while they're still relatively low relative to what we've seen in the recent years. So it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I always say, you know, it depends on the market that you're talking about yes. because certain neighborhoods, New York is a very, um, you know, there's so many different markets. There's right. the Manhattan market and then the neighborhoods within Manhattan, Brooklyn, right. and then the neighborhoods within the, in Brooklyn. Right. So if you're talking about like Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn Heights, that area of Brooklyn, you cannot, you, you put it on the market, it's gone immediately. Yes. Um, certain areas of Manhattan, depending on the price point, it, it really depends. So there is a lot of activity right now, but I think buyers overall are, making more thoughtful decisions rather than just like throwing money at something and jumping into it. That's my experience. Right. So interesting. Um, one of my clients, George, who was just on my show recently, I asked him sort of off camera, you know, how did he feel about the last 24 months? And he said, I read a survey. So we got to track this down guys. So I'm talking to my team. we got to track this down. We'll get it from George today. Um, and here's basically what happened. They took a small sample size of home buyers in the last 24 months and asked him a bunch of questions. You know, how do you feel, you know, yada, 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 what's your experience like? But one of the interesting questions was like, are you satisfied with the home that you bought? And, and again, we'll get the article and then we'll, we'll link it up either to this show or we'll put it on our blog. 55% of the buyers said they were dissatisfied with the home that they purchased. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Now again, small, small sample size, Right, George is a very thoughtful, very high analytical, I don't wanna say skeptical, but like he's just, he's that kind of thoughtful broker. And he was like, I thought that was interesting. What did you think? And I was like, well, to your point, a lot of people, Randy, were just racing in, you know, like, okay, I'll take it at whatever price and here's my kidney and here's my only child, like whatever it takes to get it. There might just be an opportunity there for some, mm -hmm. right? I think it'd be an interesting thing for everybody listening to think about, going back and maybe surveying your own clients. So to your point around buyer fatigue, I think it's very real. And I think we also have some situations potentially where people that maybe just jumped into the market, now they're thinking about maybe plan B, just food for thought. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, if I we do. You, yeah, go ahead, please. We do rentals as well as sales. I mean, we'll do we'll do anything to help people, whatever whatever we can do. Mm-hmm. And I just listed two separate rentals in in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. One was a two slash three bedroom with parking. Listed yeah. it. Previous tenants paid sixty seven fifty. Mm-hmm. I listed it for eighty two fifty. Wow! Within two hours, we had more than fifty people show up to our first open house. Yeah, it rented for nine thousand a month. Wow! The wow. the following week, we had another two bedroom, two bath condo listed for eighty two fifty. Did a two hour open house. Sixty people showed up. Eight offers rented for eleven thousand dollars a month. Yeah, how's the market? And here in New York City, <laughs> we charge fifteen percent of the annual rent for a broker's fee on a rental. Right. Um, so those those were just two examples of. I think these these tenants just went in full all you know a hundred percent all right. all in a thousand percent and. Right. I'll ask them six months after they they have moved in how satisfied they are. I'm sure that they're going to be very satisfied because they're both beautiful properties. But yes, that would yes. be interesting as well. Yes. I think there's something for uh, you know for you and I and everyone you know the individual listening right now um, to be surveying your clients about how they feel about you know the last 24 months, right? And not take any of it personally. Just hey, how do you feel? Like you race in, you bought a house, and what do you think? I think a lot of people are going to be overwhelmingly thrilled that they bought it and the home price appreciation has been fantastic and probably pretty stoked, especially if they bought in 21 or 20, that they locked in a bananas interest rate, right? So, you know, I just, I'm always curious. How do people feel? What's going on? What's in their psychology, you know? Absolutely. We have people right now. I just listed a a two-bedroom apartment in Dumbo. We have an accepted offer pretty close to the asking price in two weeks. Yes. And the other properties in the same building typically take about 120 days to, to, to get into contract. And these particular buyers, they have an, a low interest rate. They're locked into an interest rate of 3.6 something percent. Yep. And they had another property. They, were, uh, they had a, an accepted offer. Within days, our property hit the market. They thought to themselves, oh, we missed out on that one, but we're happy with this one. Then something came up in their due diligence that they had to bail and, and get out of it. Yeah. And so they needed to find another property immediately um, because their interest rate expired yesterday yeah. and they're just going to be paying for the extension. But it's it's cheaper for them to pay for the extension for a couple of weeks or a month or so rather than find a new rate. Right. right. So they immediately jumped into ours. The offer was in last weekend. Contract will be signed on Monday. Congrats. Um, Congrats. So that's that's another thing I think that's driving this market is that people have have these rates and they need to find a property before their rate lock expires. Right. I'm curious, was that an arm, like a five-year arm, seven-year arm, 10-year arm, something like that? It's a 30-year fixed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That sounds yeah. like some some really strong banking relationships is my guess, yes. right? That that didn't yes. come from a mortgage broker. So fascinating, <clears throat> no. fascinating. All right, yeah. let's go let's go to direction. So, you know, when I asked you sort of off camera, like, hey, what does it take for someone like you? Like, how do you get into the the luxury marketplace? You had like two or three things. You're like, this is how I did it. This is what I recommend. Um, one of them was you said calling expired listings. Unpack that for us. Someone, someone yeah, right now so wants to become a luxury broker. Should they be calling expired listings? They should 100% be calling expired listings, and they should also be calling around 
farm in an area with high end properties. Mm -hmm. I started coaching with you in 2014. Up until that point, I was mostly, I mean, I had done sales, but I started in sales in 2010. Uh, I got my license in, 20, in 2000. So I've been doing real estate for 20 years. The first eight to 10 years of my business was primarily focused on $800, $1,000 a month rentals. Wow. Uptown between 110th Street and 214th Street. Um, when I started going into sales full time in 2011, I did not have a big referral base of buyers and sellers to right. get me to that next level. And so when I started coaching, my coach at that time, Marion Curran, was like, you've got a cold call, you've got a door knock, you've got to get in there. So I started calling expired listings, getting, getting my scripts down. And the first expired listing that I got was $20 million listing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. That's bananas. Your yeah. first expired listing in 2014, was this 14, 15? I don't know what, you know, the Around exact there. month, Around right? 2014, 2015. Was it 20 million? Did it sell? It did sell. It did sell. It did not sell with me, but it sold. Tell me more about that. So first of all, how did you get, how did you get the listing? I just called the owner, spoke to the owner's son. The owner's son put me in touch with the owner. And then I partnered with one of the top agents here at Corcoran to oh. help pitch the listing. Why'd you do that? Because this other agent had a massive track record of selling houses in the area. Okay. And I didn't because I, I had sold some inexpensive things and done a lot of rentals, but I wanted to get into a different market. I wanted to get into a different echelon. Mm -hmm. So not only now one might say, oh, well, you didn't sell it. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I got a $40 million buyer out of it. Um, and I got to cement and to create some relationships with, with agents in my industry who I aspired to become like them. That, okay. So un unpack more of that. Why do you think there, there's just, there's a, there's a, my my hallucination is that there's a lot of agents that they let their ego get in the way and they just they won't go ask that Randy or Tyrese or Katie in my office like you know Katie you've done all this before like hey I got this opportunity come with me let's partner and then I know other like mega successful agents that say it's like 25 30% of their business is they partner with other agents to go take these listings so yeah. you know was there were there any do's and don'ts in that that you would recommend for the person that has never done it before and wants to do it, like as a way to take in a mega and, and see if they can secure the listing? For me, some money is always better than no money. Yes. And yes. I look at, I'm always focused on big picture, becoming mm -hmm. better, growing, yeah. getting, yeah. cementing relationships, creating relationships. And so I looked at this as not only a great opportunity to get a great listing and to make money and to have experience working on a big listing, but also to ingratiate myself to, to, to connect with an agent, like I said, who has the career that I envision that I want for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about modeling and meeting new people and different people with different ways of doing things. Yeah. So I did this a lot. I got a lot of these big listings from expires. I got a $35 million listing from an expired and I'm, absolutely happy to partner with a more seasoned agent than me or an agent at an echelon that I want to be in. I did a deal now. I had a listing. It was seven and a half million dollars. We launched in July of 2020. 
Um, Good timing. Yes. Perfect timing. Yeah. My, my sellers were not motivated. They were very much like, if I get X amount of money, then we'll sell. Yeah. So I thought, again, better to have a listing than not have a listing because having something opens up so many more opportunities. And um, had this listing for a couple of years, had it for two years. And then they were, I got a call, Randy, we love you. We've had a couple price drops down down over the last two years. Randy, we love you. We, we love everything you're doing, but I think it's time to kind of explore other options. Mm -hmm. And a big, big, big time celebrity broker had been knocking on their door and everybody knows who this agent is. I'm not gonna say the person's yeah. name, but yeah. everybody knows who, who I'm probably talking about. And they were, he was kind of encroaching and checking and what's happening and so on and so forth. And so they said, you know, we, we, we want to give it a thought. I said, hey, before you do that, I have the number one agent in this area for the past 30 years. You get two for the price of one. Why don't I reach out to this person? And, and how does that sound to you? And they thought, hey, that sounded great. So I just gave up 50% of a commission that I've been working on for two years to right. bring in a major heavy hitter. We got the listing. We kept it. Pushed this other dude out. And now we're at a price where it's going to sell any minute. And it's yes. just like showings are, are nonstop now. So what I, the advice that I'd say is mm -hmm. check your ego at the door. If you want to be in this for the long haul, there's people that you can learn from. Even if you think you're big stuff, you can always get better. And why lose the listing to someone else? If, you know, if I'm, if I'm calling up some $70 million expired townhouse on the Upper East Side. I know for a fact who they're going to be, who's going to be competing with me for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to like level the playing field by getting the best of the best to partner with me. And then they're getting two for the price of one. I think it's brilliant. And I think it, you know, for, for someone listening right now that it's like, yeah, okay. Like, I can go do the gritty work. I can go make the phone calls and then I'll bring in like a Randy. I'll bring in a Katie and boom, if we get the listing winner, winner, chicken dinner, let's go. Exactly. Alan, yeah. Alan Chaffron who's um, always on the top 1000 list. Who is a longtime client. Big shout out to Alan down in San Diego. He did this Randy with Maxine and Marty Gellens, who, you know, from La Jolla, when he moved mm -hmm. his business in life from LA to San Diego to kind of start anew. He calls on an expired listing back then. It was like a $7 million listing on the beach. And well, what are you going to do differently to get my home sold? I'm going to bring in Maxine and Marty Gallons. We're going to part it. You know, we're going to partner on this deal. And the seller's like, I know them. Okay. Yeah. Let's all, all I'm willing to hear the pitch. I said, and they may have been planning to call the gallons more than likely. Yes. This agent kind of got right in there. Right. And now uh, the gallons have to share it with him. That's right. So I asked him, I said, so how did you, when you guys walked through the door, what did you do? He goes, I went like this. Mr. And Mrs. Seller, here's Maxine and Marty. They did the rest. I got half the deal. But what it did is it launched his career. In the, you know, it was a little more north uh, San Diego County where they're a little more like mid La Jolla, Del Mar, et cetera. And bang, just like well. that, he had an opportunity. So tell us about the $40 million buyer you got out of it. The original, so the original this, listing. Yeah, cash buyer. He had sold his business um, for $200 and $50 million, mm -hmm. one of his businesses. He yeah. builds these businesses up and sells them. Um, moving from Las Vegas and just a really brilliant, interesting guy. He, he's like a grand, he's like a chess grandmaster. Legitimately, he's a chess grandmaster. So wow. just working with this guy and finding him an amazing place, again, learned a lot. 
you know, it, we're a people people. And yes. if you're a good salesperson, you're a people person. Yeah. You want to meet people. You want to yes. meet people outside your sphere. Mm -hmm. You know, you had mentioned this. Make sure that your tribe aren't the people. Make sure you're not the, 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 the alpha dog of your tribe, right? right. I want to be in a tribe where there's people that are doing more, that know more, where I can learn from and grow from. Right. And I'll tell you, it's not a social climbing thing. It's a learning thing. You know, yeah. you want to be around the people that can bring out your best, that you can help and that can help you grow into who you want to become one day. Um, and I firmly believe that. Um, and so I followed that advice and I, and I recommend that to the agents on my team as well. Smart. Smart. So let's transition. Let's talk about something that, you know, you have taken on and won awards for, which is you, you just have this creativity and this edge when it comes to video production, right? Uh, doing it right, doing it at scale and marketing it to produce results. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so maybe take us back to the very beginning. Like what was your original sort of origin thought around you know, luxury video or attracting luxury buyers and sellers or marketing luxury property with video? What was the original thought? And then where are you today? And then we'll get into the creative stuff. Well, the I, I come from an entertainment background. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Carnegie Mellon University in 1996 with a degree in acting. Um, I immediately directed a play and I was a professional director, theater teacher, acting coach for years. I got my real estate license after I'd won a directing award in 2000 as my day job. Um, after a few years, that day job just became a real, became my passion and became yes. my job. And I stayed with a lot of these creative uh, people that I had, um, and, and I directed I directed an actress who just won an Academy Award. I've directed an actor in his first shows who just won every single television award mm -hmm. on one of the biggest shows on TV. And so I have these great creative connections and then they started becoming clients. And I read a book, again, this was back when I started with you in 2014, it was a Seth Godin book about marketing and how about all marketing is storytelling. Yep. So then that kind of clicked with me and I said, you know, I'm a ham, I like to be on camera and I like to tell stories and entertain people. And how can I marry that to my business? Mm -hmm. And so the way that I, it started off just on my phone, Instagram, right. things like that, TikTok right. wasn't around. Yeah. And I would just do these fun little Instagram and, and just videos. I, I, again, got a great idea from you. I was pitching a townhouse in the village many years ago. And as I was pitching it, I loved the neighborhood, loved the house. So I made a love letter to the area and the home, videotaped, I cut it together. And again, I say that I have this creative background, but you do not need a creative background to do any of these kind of things. This was just a passion of mine that I brought into my business. Yes. Um, yes. And so I, I made this video, a love letter to the West Village, and they loved it. I mean, they could see how passionate and enthusiastic I was, not about their home, but about the neighborhood of the home. Because, you know, that's, you're not just buying the house, you're buying yeah. access to the coffee shop and the pizza parlor and, right. and the guy at the bodega who was going to hook you up yeah. on anything you need, right? I had the best bacon, egg and cheese in the morning or whatnot. So, so that just, I, it just kept going. And so we do a couple different things. Again, I look at these as short films. Mm -hmm. And so... 
one of the first movie, one of the first movies, one of the first videos that that really um, resonated, I think, was this idea that I had of like million dollar listing meets the office, but with kids. And so <laughs> I, I made this kind of meet Max, yes. who's, yeah. in, who's my son, and he yep. was maybe five or six at the time, and he's yep. going to be my hotshot agent on my team. And so um, it was great. They had the you know, the testimonials, like you're talking to the camera and that, and that was really, really fun. So our purpose with every single video that we do is to create a meaningful experience with our viewer, whether that's something funny, moving, right. you know, these are homes that we're selling. These are places where people create memories, people live. We want to connect with them, the buyers or the audience, whether that's a buyer, seller, renter, investor, anyone who watches my videos, we want to connect with them on an emotional level. Yeah. And so telling these stories has become really instrumental to our growth and our success. I was literally just pulling up your YouTube channel because that was one of the videos that I just thought was adorable. What okay. what happened? Like what was the what was maybe the most unexpected or maybe unintended response from that video? So one of the so back then when we did that video, we could target the marketing on Facebook right. much differently than you can now. Yes. So I targeted that video to the neighborhood that I live and the neighborhood that I'm doing a lot of business. I, I work all over Manhattan and all over Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And so one of the coolest unintended consequences was getting calls from all of my son's friends, parents whose kids had just seen that video pop up or yeah. whose parents had seen that video pop up. Uh -huh. Because it's it's not just a, a branding video, it's a short television show. It's a two minute show. Right. So they loved it. So then I got the idea, great, I'm gonna put more of my kids' friends in their video, in, his, in my videos. So then I get the parents of the friends sharing my videos and sharing it with everybody they know and doing my marketing for me for free. Right. That is, you guys hear that? I'm looking at my team, like that's brilliant, right? Like how do you create a shareable piece of content? You in, include people that would probably share it, right? Or in this case, yeah. they're kids. Um, now, did you get any people that were like, oh, you're just using children to market yourself? Did you get some of those knuckleheads? You know, I didn't. Uh, I, I really didn't get any of okay. that. Um, because you could, like my thought again, coming from the background I come on, I would never put my kids in something that's going to reflect poorly on them or right. that they, when right. they're a teenager, is gonna look back on and get upset. Yes. People had so much fun watching it that yeah. it was never it was never a question. It was like, that's hysterical. Yeah. And, 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 you know, someone, because we just repurposed it and I got a really great response from another real estate agent. Because again, real estate agents are also my audience and right. nobody opens up these e-blasts anymore. Right. It's just spam. Yes. But at nine o'clock at night, when we're done with dinner and my wife and I plonk ourselves down on the couch trying to figure out what to watch on television and we just start swiping through our Instagram feeds, by the time, before we know it, it's 11 o'clock at night and I've seen every single real estate agent's video who's right. shown up on my reels, right? Right, right. So the real estate agents are also our audience. And so I've been able to reach buyers directly through these videos, as yep. well as real estate agents who probably aren't opening up any of our e-blasts and may not have thought of a certain property now that they could see our video, it right. makes it interesting to them. 
I think that is so smart. And I was actually thinking that, and of course, agent agent referrals, because, you know, you know, so many people, you made such a splash, like in our network for so long, right? Just being you contributing, being fun, et cetera. So, all right, let's, let's go the last direction. I want to take you down the journey. You saw that I did this with my buddy, Tim Smith. What's hot, what's not brought to you by Randy. So Randy, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of words and you just tell me in your opinion, hot or not. You ready? All right. So hot or not mental toughness, hot, hot. Okay. Prospecting expired listings, hot. Ooh, I like that. Hot open houses. Very hot. Very hot. Farming buildings. Hot. Uh, connecting with people in your database. Smoking. Smoking. We got a smoking, ladies and gentlemen. Studying the local market on the daily. Incredibly hot. Incredibly hot. Short form video. Very, very hot. Okay, long form video. Super hot. We turn our long form videos into short form videos. So for every long form video, we'll get five to 10 short form ones. I love it. Direct mail. Pretty hot. Oh, that looked like almost a knot. Warm. Okay. I'd say warm. it's warm. Okay. Email, emailing your database. That's hot. Oh, that wasn't that hot. That was like a hot. That's hot. Okay, that's good. Are, those are things that we do, but yes. like, because you have to. Yes. Okay. Uh, mindset. Super hot. Super hot. Work ethic. Very hot. Very hot. Leadership. Extremely boiling hot. And Randy Baru. Very hot. Very hot. I love it. So, Randy, if somebody wants to reach out and follow you, I think they should go to your YouTube channel or your Instagram channel. What's the best place for them to connect with you if they want to know more? Talk creativity in terms of, you know, videos and more like or even talking high inspired listings. Where should they connect? I with love you? helping people. I'm always available to offer any advice, any assistance, just to have an ear. You want to bounce some some ideas off of. You can always get in touch with me. R B A R U H at corcoran.com. Um, you can also give me a ring. Happy to give you my number, 917-806-5175. But I don't want to leave out our TikTok craziness because yes. now we have about 325,000 followers on TikTok from some of these videos as well. So we're, we're really going the whole full Tom Ferry um, amplification process here. And, and it's been amazing. Man, and it's working, partner. I am so proud of you. Thank you for just, you know, sharing and being your your best self with us today. And I love the what's hot, what's not. We got a few that were like questionable hots, but then we had some smoking, which I loved. So, yeah, Randy, yeah. I'll look forward to seeing you at the next event. Thank you for dropping these nuggets with everybody. And for everyone out there watching, thank you so much for being you. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button. And obviously, if this is shareworthy, send it out to some friends, maybe some people that are trying to get in the luxury market. I know Randy will definitely help them. Randy, we'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a great afternoon and a great weekend. And thanks for having me. You got it, partner. See you soon.